woods and waters of the Great Lakes State to the Michigan Talk Network. It's Wild Michigan with your host, Duran Martinez. Michigan, Duran Martinez here with you on the Michigan Talk Network, all over the Great Lakes State, all over the world, on our website, wildmichiganradio.com. You can pick up the updated podcasts. They are all there, and uh, this show will be up and ready for you to listen to by the time you hear it on one of our great affiliates across the state. You can find out uh, where you can listen to us and everything via, again, our website, wildmichiganradio.com, and you can see our great sponsors like Conquest Sense, makers of the the uh, sense in a stick like VS1, Evercalm, uh, of course, uh, the running buck, and they've got the thermopads. They've got all kinds of great uh, things to help you get your scent out in the woods uh, and get the deer in close and other animals too, and even keep other animals away with their danger zone. Come us. Uh, Springtime, planting time, you want to keep the critters out of your garden, Danger Zone's a great one for that. Also, our friends at Not Just Guns, Cedar Street at 127 in Mason, for all of your firearm and ammunition needs. They have tons of ammunition, and it's all in stock and way better prices than, uh, I would say, about everybody. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Just putting it out there. But we're going to go back in time a little bit for this segment of the show. Uh, something that's very near and dear to my heart, which is antique and vintage collecting. I do a lot of buying and selling of all things. Uh, well, not all things, but a lot of things vintage. And sporting collectibles are, are very near and dear to me, too. I, I love the old stuff. Because remember the old paper tags that we used to get, uh, our back tags, uh, the old pins that our grandparents used to use well guess what all collectible if you can find it in the outdoors there's probably uh somebody collecting it and greg woodland is joining me right now who is an avid collector and is putting on the 28th annual vintage michigan hunting fishing and trapping show and sale going on april 1st in jackson uh, at the eagles hall down on detroit street greg how are you sir good to have you here hey good morning duran thanks for uh Thanks for reaching out. Absolutely. Now, now we have run into each other uh, at various antique places across the state, looking to see if we can find somebody sleeping or find something uh, that we don't have, or even can flip and make a buck on. And this show uh, is, is a great opportunity for people who do like the uh, the sporting collectibles. Absolutely. Uh, as you mentioned, it's our 28th year, and um, there's such a cross mix of items that will be at the show, and, and we try to focus on items that were produced at one time in Michigan from companies such as Marble Arms, Bear Archery, Shakespeare, Hedden, Pawpaw, Fishing Lures. It goes on and on, but as you mentioned, the back tags, the patches, all those types of items will be there as well. You know, and there are a lot of what's really cool is there are a lot of experts there uh, in their field in what they collect to help. And I'm going to throw out Destry Hoford because this guy is such a patch hound. I mean, he can physically look at a patch and I tell you, he could probably just smell the stitching and tell you where it came from. (laughs) 
Yes, he can. And I contacted him so many times and said, hey, I found this. Oh, yes, I already have that. As you said, he's very advanced, very knowledgeable, and has a passion for, for collecting primarily just patches, which is great. Absolutely. And, you know, if you miss uh, missed any of the, the deer patches uh, that have been around for so many years, uh, you know, the uh, successful hunter patches or the bear management patches or the elk cooperator, whatever the, whatever the patches, uh, there is somebody that will have them there. You may have to pay a few more dollars for them, but they'll be there and help you with your collection. That, that's so true, and this year's going to be somewhat unique. Uh, I've got a gentleman who's in his 90s and has been collecting for upwards of 60 years. He called me, and he's been unable to make the show the last couple of years due to COVID and his concerns about that, but he said, you know, it, it's time to time to let loose of the collection, and he will be there set up. He's got three tables, and this is stuff that hasn't seen the light of day in 60 years, including patches, but hunting licenses and fishing lures, spearing decoys, things like that. So that's always exciting to know we've got people like that coming that will bring some stuff that's unique and different and, and quality for sure. Greg Woodland is joining us here on Wild Michigan. Greg, um, it, it seems through time there are trends uh, that that people seem to, to kind of hop on. And I know a while ago fishing lures were like, just huge. I'm not saying they're not huge now, but they seem to really be at the forefront. Um, and there are other things. Do you see a trend going on right now with the vintage hunting and fishing uh, collectibles? I do. I, I think one of the areas which is very similar to the uh, fishing lures are ice ice uh, spearing decoys. And the state was famous for that many, many years ago with Oscar Peterson and mm-hmm. Bud Stewart. Um Pawpaw Bait Company made spearing decoys, and that market right now seems to be extremely, extremely hot. And there'll be several people that that deal just in those at the show as well. One guy is uh, A.J. Downey Jr. from Newberry, who is uh, committed to coming down, and he repairs them, he carves them, um, so he'll have some contemporary stuff, but also brings a lot of vintage stuff like that as well. But I would definitely say the ice spearing decoy market is real hot right now. Greg Woodland is our guest here on Wild Michigan. Greg, I know it takes years and years uh, to gather information, to do research on things, uh, to identify things. For me, decoys, be it duck or spearing decoys, that is something that's I I wouldn't trust myself buying you know knowing the difference between a five dollar and a five hundred dollar decoy just because of the work involved. Well, that, that, there's that's so true, Duran, and um, you really have to be knowledgeable. You have to surround yourself with other people that have been collecting them or carving them for years. Um, especially most times when the hunters finished hunting with duck decoys for example at the end of the year they would get banged up by being thrown in the boat or the dog was chewing on the bill or something like that and they often were repainted touched up so that they looked new and nice for the upcoming season and once you do that to a duck or spearing decoy the value just sinks dramatically and and to the normal person yourself yourself or myself who isn't advanced in that you can easily get misled on something like that and overpay so that's why the experts being there, they're, they're more than willing to answer your questions. Look at your product. If you want to bring a duck decoy or a lure or something like that in, they'll be happy to answer your questions. And 
try to help you better understand a particular category, for example. Absolutely, especially with fishing lures. I mean, there are so many colors. I mean, so many that are are common colors, unique colors, unique designs. Uh, That's another area, too, that, you know, if I buy a a bunch of fishing lures uh, to resell, you know, I I have to call somebody to say, look, will you look in this box and make sure there's nothing I'm missing? You're absolutely right. And and something as simple as a an eye missing or a hook that's been replaced can once again crush the value of that and and to the normal person that's not extremely well educated on something like that you you can overpay again so um that's the scary part of it but the fun part of it is the the finding it and coming up with something that uh, may have some real value and you didn't know it when you originally bought it like you said you take a tackle box take it home and it's like Gosh, that's a $500 lure in there, Duran. Absolutely. Greg Woodland joining us. The Michigan Vintage Hunting and Fishing and Trapping Show coming up Saturday, April uh, 1st from 9 to 2 at the Eagles Hall uh, on Detroit Street in Jackson. We'll have all kinds of uh, great things. Uh, vintage outdoor collectibles, hunting and fishing. A lot of Michigan stuff will be there. Uh, Greg, uh, we're going to put you on hold real quick, and I want to talk more with you about this. And, and I want to delve into the ephemera part of things because that to me i'm a paper junkie but still there's a lot of reprint stuff out there and we want to talk about that too as well so if you don't mind hanging on we're going to get right back with you is that okay that's great i'll hold tight here all right uh, make sure that uh, you do the same uh, we're going to take a short break here in a moment but first make sure you hit up our website wildmichiganradio.com we'll have this event on there we'll have the upcoming uh united deer farmers of michigan event on there which i will be speaking at on the 18th and the bear whisperer blaine anthony will be there and we're going courtesy of conquest sense and thank you to our friends at not just guns for bringing you wild michigan on the Michigan Talk Network. Hey, this is Nick Munch with Michael Waddell's Bone Collector, and you're listening to my main man, Duran Martinez, on Wild Michigan. Rifle in a gun rack, hanging in the back glass, put knife on my belt, ain't no lamp for sale. Happy birthday to brother Nick Munn of uh, Michael Waddell's Bone Collector. Dude just had a birthday on the 28th of February. And a good friend, man. Haven't talked to him in a little while here on the show, but uh, we'll probably get him back since this is a slower time for him. It's it's basically show season where we all get out and then hit the shows and do the appearances and whatnot, but uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing and talking to him soon. Thanks to our friends at Not Just Guns, also Conquest Sense for bringing you the show each and every week. And if you miss any of this, pick it up on our podcast, uh, wildmichiganradio.com, updated and all there. This show will be there by the time uh, you hear it. So if you you want to hear anything, run back at anything, or just uh, tell us you love or hate something, by all means, contact information is on the website as well. Greg Woodland is joining us the 28th annual vintage Michigan hunting, fishing, and trapping show and sale going on in Jackson. I was just in Jackson yesterday, as a matter of fact, um, at the Eagles Hall on Detroit Street on April 1st. That is going to be a great time. Uh, Greg, uh, real briefly, as we finished off the last segment, we were talking about ephemera, paper, and things uh, not meant to last, but they do because somebody liked an old calendar or somebody liked this ad or 
or we have this stack of old, you know, uh, sports of field magazines or, or whatever the case from, you know, from whenever they were issued. I have got such a soft spot for that stuff. I don't know why I buy it. I look at it. I put it away. And I have boxes of it everywhere. But some of it can be worth quite a bit of money. Well, like you, I also have a very soft spot. <laughs> spot in my heart for that type of stuff and have chased that for over 40 years it always amazes me that the the generation back then would keep a for example a hunting law digest that was issued in the 20s it was no longer any good the following year but why did they keep it and they did or a calendar as you mentioned from 1935 once it was done it wasn't going to be good for another 100 years or whatever, but uh, people did save that type of stuff back then, and uh, the graphics on so much of that oh stuff was, was outstanding, and that is part of the attraction to me with that type of stuff. You know, and I tell a lot of people here on the show, for 16 years I was a printing press operator, and, and the graphics are unlike uh, anything we see today because we have the four-color process today that we use with, you know, I mean, it's all a bunch of dots. But you see these stone litho uh, prints that were made. Um, which was such a process back in the day because those print those stones were so heavy, and even when they get into the the more advanced stuff, it, it seems that the colors and everything just pops so much more, and it's just I'm not gonna say more lifelike because it's not more lifelike. It's just it draws you in so much more. Yeah, and and there were companies and. Uh, such as Winchester or Remington Peters that uh, were fierce competitors uh, vying for your your guns, wanted you to buy their, their guns or their ammunition, those type of items. And the images that they put on their calendars or their envelopes or their shot shell boxes was just second to none. And it obviously worked because uh, those companies were all extremely successful, even Daisy BB gun, which that's, that type of stuff is very hard to find. They were a small company, didn't have nearly the budget to uh, produce calendars and flyers and things like that to, to pass on to customers. But the, the work that they did with a little boy holding a model, you know, 99 BB gun was just absolutely incredible. You know, when it's funny you bring up Daisy. Um, I just purchased an old, it was nickel-plated at one time, a Daisy BB gun at a barn pick I was doing. And it's just, it's so amazing to know that a BB gun company came from what was once a windmill manufacturer. Absolutely. And uh, again, no longer in Michigan today, which is a little bit sad, but uh, they had some incredible years and... Uh, grew from the turn of the century all the way up into the 1950s before they moved over to Rogers, Arkansas, but um, still known today as probably the premier BB gun company in the world, and they were a little bitty company that, like you said, started out making windmills. Hard to believe. Absolutely. You know, Greg, I was over at Bonanza Antique Mall the other day, uh, a place where I saw you last, where we were both kind of sorting and picking through things. Uh, I picked up a, and, I, and I can't remember the actual model number, but it was just the box for a Crossman pump, uh, like a junior-sized BB gun. People do not realize, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this very strongly, how important the box is to a collector. Well, the box oftentimes is more 
desirable, um, more expensive than the the pistol itself, the rifle itself, the the shells themselves. Um, just because most of that stuff, once once it was taken out of the box, for example, your pistol box, the box was disposed of. So there's many, many less than uh, the the pistols themselves. They, of course, they were made out of um, a metal type product, and they lasted the test of time still today mm-hmm. versus the boxes would get wet, burnt, destroyed, and uh, collectors chase those boxes like uh, nobody's business. The same is true with a lure. You find a lure, and uh, all of a sudden someone's chasing the, the box matches it. They, again, got put in a tackle box, got wet, got mm-hmm. destroyed. Exactly. I, I have bought more boxes, just empty boxes for fishing lures and stuff. You know, and I like to show them off on the Sportsman's Collectible page on Facebook. And always the first thing out of somebody's mouth, is that for sale? <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Uh, again, they're much more difficult to come by than the lure themselves. And guys love nothing more than to match them up going, I've got the lure, but I don't have the box. Would you please part with it? And rarely do they want to do that. No, exactly. Greg Woodland is our guest here. We're talking about the upcoming um, show, which is the Michigan Hunting, Fishing, and Trapping Show and Sale in Jackson at the Eagles uh, on April 1st, 9 to 2. That, Greg, I'm so looking forward to this. Uh, real quickly, let's let's touch on, you know, we, we know a lot about bear and, and what it means to Michigan, what it means to collectors, but marbles is an industry up in the U.P., unto itself with the safety acts, the the match safe, the pin on compass, all of the things that they've, the knives that they have produced over the years. That's very true. And, and that's a company that started in the late 1800s, uh, started out as Marble Safety Axe Company in, in the early 1900s, switched over to Marble Arms. And they thrived as, as so many of these little companies did at the turn of the century. And, and I've told so many people that Michigan was the premier state, bar none, from the early 1900s to the late 50s, early 60s. It was just a outdoor and sportsman's mecca for anyone that enjoyed that. And uh, if you can think back to the UP basically being un- untouched and mm-hmm. from Clare North, there wasn't a great deal of population back in the early 1900s or an easy way to get up there. Uh, but Marble Arms existed in Gladstone, Michigan. They produced one of the uh, highest quality products, be it a hatchet, a knife, a, a match safe, and they sold their stuff through by shipping it all over the country. And so their knives and hatchets and match safes and other items like that are found all over the country today and sought after by many, for sure. Absolutely. You know, Greg, and I look back to one of the pieces I bought at the show. It's Occasionally you'll find something that's not sport-related, but I found this beautiful uh, framed with a, a bubble glass uh, portrait of, a, of an Austro-Hungarian soldier and his wife. Now, I got that at a heck of a price, too, by the way. But it was just one of the oddest things I'd ever seen at a show like this. I look at the guy, I'm like, um what's this and why he's like look 25 bucks take it away i'm like i i'm not even gonna argue i'm just gonna buy it you just never know what's gonna show up at the show duran and that's that's the fun part of it for all of us is uh you know we've, we've got about 45 dealers but there'll be 95 tables there but uh guys have been buying selling and squirreling this stuff away for 
this one event of the year, and uh, who knows what will what will show. But uh, it should be a great time. I think there's going to be a lot of quality items, and uh, it'll just be a, a great day as it always is. Now, if people have questions, how do we get a hold of you? Well, um, we we are on Facebook. Um, I you know we can also post the the flyer. I can get you that, and we can post that. Perhaps uh, you can help us with that some sure. way or. They can always give me a phone call on my cell number, which is 517-256-2644, and I'd be happy to answer any questions they may have. All right, and and, uh, and uh, thank you, first of all, and, and thanks to Kathy as well, your wife, because we know, like my wife Sarah, it takes a special woman to put up with this stuff. <laughs> Boy, is that true? I, I, uh, we, we do know that, Duran, and she's been a trooper helping me with this. For many, many years, she knows it's my passion and my hobby, not hers, but uh, that's what makes it work for us. Well, Greg, thank you so much for joining us. We're looking forward to seeing you April 1st down in Jackson and maybe uh, hit up one of the Virginia or Jackson Coney Island afterwards uh, for sure. More coming your way. This is Wild Michigan on the Michigan Talk Network.